0: 2019 on the show today it's a sandwich themed news roundup and on our main segment we talked to podcaster and all around disney mensch mike scopa about our recent trips to walt disney world before we do all that let's bring in the man who points out that a plastic surgery addicts anonymous meeting is the worst place to see new faces every week it's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going?
1: It's going well, Len, but you're, you're actually hitting upon one of my pet peeves about going to California. <laughs> plastic surgery. <laughs> you know, you're out and you want to be polite, but when you see extremely bad plastic surgery, it's hard not to stare. That was the effect you're going on, perpetually surprised. <laughs> I was uh, I was going to go
0: with uh, you, you keep meeting friends that you've known for a the, the long time, but you don't recognize them because of the surgery. Steve. There you go. Oh, that I was mean, you two eyebrows ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Jim, let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, CT Believer, Emily P., and Sally in Europe. And longtime subscribers, D-Dirk, Jody F., and Troy K. Jim, not only are these folks subscribers to our podcast, they've all been caretakers of Tom Sawyer Island in the Magic Kingdom at one time or another. Supposedly, you're caretaker until you strike it rich in the mines, then you retire and you hand off the job to the person you deem most worthy. That's how Sally ended up in Europe.
1: True story. Good. Speaking of Tom soder I know you've gotten your copy of Mark Davis in his own We, words. we talked Imagine about it on the last show, Jim. I
0: ordered it while we were talking about it. It came last week. I spent the weekend reading. It is fantastic.
1: The real treasure of this book is you get so many projects that Mark worked on That did not go forward. And in fact, there's that whole section where they show Disney World had just opened in 71. And Mark was actually tasked with doing a lot of expansion projects. And there's this whole set of proposed additions to Tom Sawyer's Island. Oh, I haven't got to that section yet. I'm still in the Jungle Cruise section. Okay. That's volume two of what, this 700-page book? Yeah, I'm
0: I'm still in volume. Oh, we'll have to do a show on this. Okay. I think we should. Uh, I think we should do a show on the, the the whole book, though, just to talk about sort of the highlights, and it maybe it may be a series.
1: At the very least, then we, we should do the exercise video that involves lifting <laughs> the book.
0: <laughs> Honest to God, uh, listeners, when Amazon sent the book, it actually had a warning label on the outside warning you about how heavy the, the book was <laughs> and to lift with your legs, not making it up. True story. <laughs> so bend and stretch and I know. read. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, let's do the uh, the news. The Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast. For a worry-free travel experience every time, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, last week we mentioned that Disney had changed the names of the food at Galaxy's Edge to simple things that everyone can understand. And that policy lasted, what, three days?
1: Oh, if that. Because on Monday, the old names were back. Jim, what's what's going on here? First of all, we weren't supposed to notice this. We were. This was strictly a test to see if they went with easier to understand names or that sort of thing, whether or not there'd be any significant change in how quickly people ordered or sales for the day. And after this three-day test, it was a wash. They're not having the types of sales that they want at Docking Bay 7 or Ronto's Roasters, and now it's a question of, Well, is it the physical setup or is it the situation? I mean, for example, you think about Ronto's Roasters with that giant jet engine and the the robot that's working the fake rotisserie. The concern is, is there too much in here? We're just not moving people through line because they're like, oh, I I forgot. I should step up and make my order. It, It is a sort
0: of a convoluted. No, convoluted is not the right word. It's sort of a confusing setup there like figuring out where you want to enter. Because if you're coming in from the Rise of the Resistance site, you don't see where the queue begins. The other thing I would say is, it's not clear where you take the food to eat
1: from rental registers. This, this is how it is with every theme park that's ever been built in the history yeah. of the planet. That you, you design it, you think this is how people are going to do it, and then you open it. And then you see it, and then, you, like, oh, it. <laughs> and then see. See. you open it and figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. The challenge with... Galaxy's Edge is it was so hyper detailed yeah. and so designed straight into the ground that it's like when you go to make changes, you do your three day test and did that fix the problem? No. Okay, what's our next? Yeah. What's the,
0: what's the what's the next? Start with the simple things and work your way up. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the uh, the Im- the immersiveness of it, and uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Brad, visited Galaxy's Edge for the first time last week and absolutely loved it. He loved how immersive it was. Love the detail, but he liked the cast member interactions and the, you know, the people who are pretending to be living on the planet. So he decided to test the depths of their story and their commitment to the story because he decided he was going to be pro first order during his visit. So he walked around thanking the stormtroopers for their service and telling them where they could find the rebel spy and other members of the resistance, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I love. He said he uh, yeah. he built this conspiracy theory about uh, Snoke's death being an inside job just to see what the reaction was from the First Order. So he said, uh, apparently the stormtroopers have responses for this along the lines of like, thanks for being a loyal citizen, which you know we, we sort of expect. But he said the, uh, the best part of it was that regular cast members, uh, not stormtroopers, who saw him do this either looked at him like they were appalled, like, oh my God, what are you doing? Or they just wouldn't interact with him at all unless they had to. They'd talk to his family instead, which, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. It's a
1: great idea. I don't, mm-hmm. know if, I don't know if the cast members are trained to do this or if they just figured it out, but it's kind of great. The advantage to the cast members who have been playing the Stormtroopers, the Stormtroopers have been around the redone Disney anime, magic of Disney animation mm-hmm the launch bay for the better part of two years now. And they've gotten ridiculously good at dealing with the public. Yeah. So they have their act down pat. To be honest though, I'm more intrigued by the, you know, the other cast members, you know, the, the shopkeepers and that sort of thing. I love the fact that, oh, what do you mean? What do you, who, who are you ratting the <laughs> out to? Doing? Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's
0: great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. The, the reason why I mentioned the story is that it's an important part of world building and, and mm-hmm. things like this. And also, you know, keeping the menu items with their original names all contribute to that world building. So I'm glad it's happening. I think it's I think it's a great story.
1: I agree. I just, if you look back to your Disney history and how, for example, Frontierland used to have a sheriff and a bad guy that, you know, they'd have gunfights in the street and that sort of thing. I just, I'm looking forward to how, once we get into the side of Rise of Skywalker and with the opening of Rise of the Resistance, how they go about adding more life to this land. Yeah, but I love the detailing now. So they will know where to go, but up. nowhere. To go. It's true. It, it, it's a good start. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I think we all agree on that. Mm-hmm.
0: Jim, uh, another piece of uh, news: the Earl of Sandwich chain has been recognized by TripAdvisor as the number one fast casual restaurant chain in America. So if you're familiar with Earl of Sandwich from Walt Disney World or Disneyland, this is no surprise. They consistently rate as among the best quick service restaurants. In the parks, so not entirely unexpected. Jim, the thing that surprised me in reading this press release is that the actual
1: Earl of Sandwich is a real person named John Montague. Did you notice? I remember back in the day when the Earl of Sandwich chain launched. I think he actually came over to Orlando for the the opening of the one. Yeah, in, he's, he's only, he's only uh, 76, so yeah, he probably yeah, could have made it. Yeah.
0: So he's 76. He's part of the restaurant chain through a licensing deal. Technically, his title is Lord Sandwich. And again, with Johnny's Champagne, uh, we've got the makings of a fantastic band here, I think. <laughs> so the uh, apparently apparently the, owner's, the other owner's name is actually Earl, and that's where Earl of Sandwich comes in. It's a combination mm. of both of those. This is fascinating to me, and I don't know why. But uh, it also leads into a story. James, you have a story
1: about Disney sandwiches that I've never heard. I was looking over the offerings at this year's Food and Wine, and I saw at the Spain booth they have a A in a cone is... is I've had it. Okay. So this is the thing that has olives, cured meat, and cheese, but they serve it in a paper cone. It's okay. The thing... uh, uh,
0: So I've had this a couple of times, actually. The olives, Mm -hmm. the cured meat, and the cheese are great. Here's the the issue. It comes with a balsamic glaze on it, and Mm -hmm. the glaze gets uh, around the outside, the inside of the paper cone. So as you reach in to Mm -hmm. grab the olives and the cured meat and the cheese, your hand gets coated Mm -hmm. with uh, the balsamic vinegar. And that's that's part of the it's a usability
1: problem. We're not animals. <laughs> All right. We're at Walt Disney World. We don't eat food out of paper cones. We're supposed to eat them out of soft bread cones. That that would
0: have solved a lot of problems. It's like the ice cream cone it means you don't get ice cream cone on yeah. your hand ice ice cream on your hands.
1: Now, do you actually remember the hand witch? To give you some idea of how big this was supposed to be, Disney advertised this as Epcot's first food based intervention. Was launched in the park with huge hype back in 1988. The sandwich board signs that they put outside of the booth that said "Taste Disney's newest attraction, the Handwich." It literally was a round cone formed of bread. And of course, it being considered somewhat futuristic, it's not really a surprise that it went from being offered in the farmers market food court at the Land Pavilion to it also began to be offered at the Wedway Space Bar. You know that that quick service place that used to be in Tomorrowland over at the Magic Kingdom. But it, the idea was that it was basically the shape of a, an ice cream cone, only a large, you know, soft piece of bread. And uh, over the five years it was offered in the park, you could, you had your choice between a ham and cheese sandwich, a turkey sandwich, a tuna salad or a chicken salad. Uh, there was a barbecue chicken and a veggie. So you could walk around, hold this thing in one hand mm-hmm. and walk around the park, basically eating it like an ice cream cone, but it's,
0: a sandwich, a meal. Yes, yes. How do we not, how does this not exist today?
1: How is this not on every street corner? Do you remember the old Walt Disney World Inside Out show? At one point, they for a food segment of the episode, it was all about the handwich. <laughs> I'm I'm down with this. <laughs> Speaking of things that should be on yep. Disney Plus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Starting about 94, 95, for some reason, this falls off the menu. <sighs> I can't get a straight answer as to why, because obviously... There had to be a kitchen that actually made the bread cones. There had to be a setup for the food that was placed in it. So in order to even take this off the menu, there had to be, you know, physical changes made behind the scenes. There were people within the Walt Disney Company who, like you, were like, why is this not a thing? And so... We now jump ahead to 2011, 2012, when Cars Land opens at DCA. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Okay. All right. I know where you're going with this. The Cozy Cone, where Sally, you know, from that 2006 Pixar film Cars, you know, had had set up the hotel. And so they're going to recreate that as part of Cars Land for DCA, okay. only to decide, well, we can't do a motel, but let's do a food court. And so they serve out of these various cone-shaped structures. They're
0: giant orange Uh, traffic cones that serve food. They're food food stands, food kiosks, in the shape of giant orange cones.
1: But here, Glenn, they lean heavily into the dad jokes. (laughs) So you get the chili con queso, which is beef chili served in a bread cone, and... The bacon macaroni and cheese, mm. in this case, determined to get as much business as possible. They not only do a lunch version, they do a breakfast version. They do a bacon scramble cone and they do a, a, a salsa scramble cone as well. Ooh, they, both of those sound delicious. Bacon scramble cone and ver, uh, scrambled eggs uh, with salsa. Verde? That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. So this launches in, in 2012 and there are folks in Walt Disney World who are like, okay, It's back. Let's grab it. So 2013, suddenly at Men and Bills, uh, they start offering cones as well. They really? do a sausage. Yep. A sausage marinara and mozzarella cone. They do a Cajun shrimp salad cone, which to me <laughs> just sounds a little dicey. Yeah. Florida heat, Cajun shrimp. Mm, okay. And then there was a bacon, chicken, and avocado salad that cone. That sounds and delicious. If we go up to the amphitheater where Fantastic is, is presented – they do a Fiesta chili cheese bread cone with chips and they do a macaroni and cheese cone uh, top with bacon and downtown Disney gets in on it as well. Do you remember the old marketplace snacks place? I do. It's in these three locations at Walt Disney World by 2016. It's gone. There were no more bread cones. Men um, and Bill replaces the bread cones with foot-long hot okay, dogs. Okay, to be, to be uh, fair, the, hot dogs had
0: a moment starting in 2016. Did they really? Okay. Yeah. Remember Casey's Corner, we started seeing these um,
1: high-end hot dogs with lots of premium toppings, like. Okay, <laughs> can, can we pause here for just a moment to talk about, you know, with the <laughs> the, the recent change at Casey's Corner? Did I miss the moment when ketchup became a controlled substance? <laughs> all
0: right. For our listeners, uh, one of our uh, one of our writers, Aaron, was in Magic Kingdom on Friday. And apparently on the day that Aaron visited, Casey's Corner had switched from uh, dispense your own condiments mm-hmm. to handing out small cups full of ketchup. So instead of be, uh, being able to get all the ketchup or all the mustard you wanted, mm-hmm. Disney started handing them out in little paper cups like a couple at a time. And the reason why I think Erin noticed it, she was, she was in Casey's corner, but the hubbub in the restaurant about the change Mm. to the condiment policy was driving people crazy while she was there. So she mentioned something about it on, on social media. and I think it blew up from there. And I think again, they, they, they switched back. It's, it's now
1: like we're going back to the old, Oh, the old way oh, good. Because like. you know that, that I have a call into my doctor to actually get a note <laughs> you know, that, that Jim can. <laughs> I believe you have to make Just a reasonable you take accommodation. It. Give him two little cups of ketchup, please. You know. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, all right. Just to sort of wrap up the Handwood story, it goes away in 2013. Except it comes back in 2017 as a an offering at that year's International Food and Wine. That year, they served a zesty cheeseburger and Cheddar cheese macaroni version of the Handwich, it came and went. You know, sort of the last hurrah of the Handwich, if we go back to the Cozy Cone at DCA in Cars Land, on the heels of the release of Cars 3, they added a Ms. Fritter, who, if you remember the movie, was the crazed school bus in the the car rally. Uh, but they added a meatball cone frontation, to the menu, which was turkey meatballs and a habanero derby sauce with cheese crisp and spiral pasta. It
0: doesn't sound bad.
1: Yeah, with Epcot Forever going on right now and all of this leaning in to Epcot's, het- you know, heritage, wouldn't this have been the moment to bring back the handwich? Not some stupid paper cone where you're you're, you're getting not olive oil. It's balsamic uh, vinaigrette. Uh, what yeah. is Balsamic vinaigrette. Ah, so. Makes me crazy, paper cones. Now, this is Walt Disney World. Where is my bread cone? I would, I would love to see uh, each country do their own little take on uh, on the sandwich.
0: I think that'd be fantastic for world showcase. I agree. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take a break from all of the food talk and uh, to get our own sandwiches. When we come back, we're going to talk with our good friend Mike Scopa about our, our recent trips together to Walt Disney World. We'll be right back. Today, we've got a special guest in the studio, recently back from a trip to Walt Disney World. Many of you know him. He's the host of the Mickey Miles podcast, formerly of the WDW Today podcast, a good friend of mine for many years. It's Mike Scopa. How's
2: it going, Mike? Is this Len from Amsterdam? <laughs> <laughs> Lenny from Amsterdam. Yeah. Well, I, 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 need, I want to cor- correct you. Mickey Miles podcast is in hiatus right now, but you never know. We were, we were on a break. We were on a break. All right.
0: Break. Fair enough. The uh, So uh, for our listeners, the Lenny from Amsterdam uh, thing is a joke between Mike Scopa, Mike Newell, and I, uh, again, formerly of the WWC podcast. Mike Newell is, uh, is attempting to break into radio uh, on a daytime early morning show. And, uh, and, I, and I vowed that if he got the job, I was going to call in every day and be a regular, <laughs> be, being Lenny from Amsterdam. Anyway. So, uh, Soskopa, I saw you last week. We were in uh, we were in Walt Disney World together. That's correct. And you were you were there with your partner, Michelle. Yes. And we were uh, right before we saw Epcot Forever, which I, which I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you had visited Not So Scary Halloween Party at the Magic Kingdom, and that it was much improved, and that I definitely needed to try it. So, on that advice, I actually booked tickets for next awesome. week. But why don't you tell our, tell our listeners what you like about the new show?
2: So one of the things I, I, we tried last year was we tried the Not So Scary Dessert Party, which is where the um, Tomorrowland Terrace used to be. Well, still is, I right. guess. So it was re- relatively inexpensive. I think it was $75, line. But the whole idea there was –
0: Listen to you, Mr. Moneybags, relatively inexpensive, $75, <laughs> upcharge within an upcharge. Go ahead. Go ahead. But,
2: but, but <laughs> the idea here is convenience. It has nothing to do with goodies and sweets and – all that kind of stuff because if you partake of the dessert party, you are then given mm-hmm. special access to that area that is just in front of the, the plaza restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. sort of like in a fast pass area. And what's really? what's nice about that, Len, is that Michelle and I were able to watch the I guess it was called Hallowishes last year. You could you could watch that there was Breathing when we're actually lying on our backs looking at the castle fireworks where it was really,
0: really During weird. the fireworks, you were on the ground laying on your backs watching the fireworks. And there was
2: nobody around. we were on the grass and there was hardly anybody really? around. Really? Yeah.
0: And this was it, this was a special reserved viewing area. This
2: is a special reserved viewing area for those people who participated in the dessert party. And you could go in there. I mean, how many times wow. how many times in the past have we had to locate a spot Twenty minutes, thirty minutes, forty minutes, forty five minutes before the fireworks. Oh yeah. But we did we went in there about fifteen minutes ahead of time and you know how they have blocked off it looks like there are four four areas in front of the courtyard, you might call it. And
0: yeah, sort of four quadrants. Yeah, the
2: yeah. four quadrants. So we were in one of the quadrants. And my guess was that there might have been thirty or forty people in there. And that's a lot of space for for that many people that's
0: a lot of yeah that's uh so many people per uh, per area yeah you could have uh, spread out a picnic blanket there and had some food so it
2: was um it was wow it was very right. very enjoyable and one of the things that i mentioned to you last week was that i have been going to we both have been going to mickey's not so scary for a long time and there have mm-hmm. been many renditions of that party one of the biggest things has always been the fireworks display, and it's been always known as Hallowishes. Well, right. this year it's it's a little bit different, and I would go as far to say as for all the years, I think I've been doing this for 20, 30 years, going to Mickey's. Mm-hmm. This was by far the best fireworks mm. show, and I'll tell you why. Number one, they really are hitting home runs these days with projection. Right. I mean, you know how they, how they, they do a very good job with the Star Wars fireworks. They do a tremendous job with this because what happened was that they decided to put together a story. So you've got the Fab Five going through a haunted mansion, and it's
0: it's shown oh, up. Oh, on, and it's 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 projected on the castle. On
2: the castle. Oh, this
0: is fantastic. Because remember, my my criticism last year was that the there there wasn't a projection show, or at least nothing decent. Right. Okay. All right. So the Fab Five are going through a haunted a haunted castle.
2: All right. Go And you know, and there's some some music going on, but it's it's. Kind of all linked together, and you've got the projection is just just outstanding, and there are no dull moments that you are saying, "Yeah, I wish this would get through so so we can you know get on with it." It's just
0: eat some candies. It's yeah. just
2: great. It was I'd say it's about I I don't want to say seventeen minutes. I want to say it's probably maybe fifteen minutes, give or take a minute. But I I really I really enjoyed it, and Michelle and I both looked at each other and we said, "Wow, this really." was a story. They were telling a story as well as link up the music and the pyro together. In the past, you know, you had Oogie Boogie sing and you had all this other stuff going on, you know, legacy songs from the Magic Kingdom. But this really worked for me, Len. So I, I just, you, you got to you gotta go. It's really-
0: I'm um, going next week. Yeah,
2: really, really good.
0: That's fantastic to hear because uh, um, I, I love almost everything about the party, but I think, my, again, my big criticism last year was the fact that the fireworks- uh, and the Cashel show were not up to par with everything else you see in the Magic Kingdom on a normal day.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are some things that I think they have changed that I think kind of works against what I like. I loved the villains mix and mingle. Now that's that hocus pocus thing. I'm not
0: really. A yeah. Big it's the for the millennials. It's fine. But you know, they have our, our time. Our time may have passed. It might be somebody else's time to enjoy a TV show. That's yeah, all right. That's
2: yeah. Fine. And one of the things they really did well is they, they route the people as they go into the Magic Kingdom for the party. So you go past Tony's and you go behind. You go to the right, to right. The right. So that little walkway. Yeah, and, that's and fantastic. And there were, I believe, around 14 different areas where you could get treats. We stopped at five or six. The bag was full. The bag was full. It was just, you know,
0: <laughs> I've heard that, that, that Disney's being very generous with the candy the last couple yeah, of years.
2: Yeah, very generous. So that's great. Uh, yeah, I think that it's... It's the party and I forget the the prices on the party vary from, depending upon if it's an, obviously if it's an annual pass discount, you get a good deal. But I think the, the yeah. Friday and the Saturday parties are more expensive than the Monday and Tuesdays.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to a Friday party. There wasn't much of a discount. I think I paid 135 per person for mine, but uh, that's fine. I mean, it's uh, Laurel's favorite time of the year is Halloween. Uh, Mickey's not so scary. Halloween party is her favorite event at the Magic Kingdom. If it's as good as you say it is, money well spent. And did you, did you happen to go on any rides? What were the lines that were like? So
2: that's year? what I wanted to mention, that they have put a little Halloween extra in some of the some of the rides, some of the attractions. Ooh. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I think one time in a podcast far, far away, we talked about some, some kind of things we would like to see to enhance or tweak an attraction. And one of the things I remember saying one time was, hey, it really would be nice if once in a while in an attraction instead of an audio animatron it was a real live cast member doing Mm -hmm. something that's all i'm gonna say so there are some attractions i believe pirates and haunted mansion and i forget one other one that they have extra halloween treats in there so that is an added feature that i think is long time coming i really i really found that to be Pretty cool.
0: What were the uh, what were the lines like for Haunted Mansion?
2: So, Haunted Mansion was—I uh, don't remember exactly what time of the night we went there, but it was—it's was about thirty minutes. Not too bad.
0: It's not bad. Not bad for that. No, yeah. Not bad for so, that party. Yeah. Did you go back to the Magic Kingdom during the day at any point after the party or before the party?
2: We that day were at Epcot Food and Wine.
0: Uh, was so that was so the Halloween party was your only trip to the Magic Kingdom.
2: I believe that's true, yes, we spent- Wow,
0: you know that's funny because uh, I think I told you this when we were together uh, over the last 10 days when I've been in the parks, I haven't been to the Magic Kingdom once, (laughs) it's crazy.
2: Well, it's funny because you say that I haven't been to Animal Kingdom in I wanna say three years. (laughs) <laughs> you got me beat. All yeah, right. so, so we spent. More-
0: <laughs> We're going to talk about Animal Kingdom in a minute here, wow. but uh, but you mentioned uh, you mentioned Epcot. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. I want to start with the show that we saw together. What's your take on Epcot Forever?
2: So Epcot Forever. And I've been listening to a lot of people. I've been talking to a lot of people and trying to trying to put it all together. When uh, I saw it first on the live stream, I had a certain reaction. Then I saw right. it with you, and I had another reaction, and then. We saw it one more time before we left. We uh, went to oh. the Frozen Ever After dessert party. Dessert party, um, right? And we saw it from Norway. No, it wasn't Norwayland. It was. Um, oh, it's uh, China. You know where the Fast Pass area is for Epcot for Illuminations? Yeah. So it's it's yeah. as you're looking at American Adventure, it's a little bit to the left. So oh, they moved it then. Yeah. Ah, I,
0: so moved it there. That's interesting because the last the last day of Illuminations, they actually. I believe they had the dessert party over by Norway. But okay, but you saw it over to the left of World Chickas Plaza. Yeah, it's,
2: it's basically to the left. I don't remember how much that was, but that was a very, you know, we're sitting down. It was—they actually has an open bar. They had uh, lots of desserts, but I just wanted to sit and really take in Epcot forever and, and try to really give it a good look over and, and see what I felt about it. And I know we talked about this before, the... The thing that that I think is missing is, I think that the music really has to tie in with what's going on, and I think that as long as I've been a Disney fan, I've always noticed that any type of nighttime extravaganza, any type of thing involving you know, you, you can talk about Christmas tags uh, at the end of Illuminations, mm-hmm. but they always build to a huge finale, and I don't know what it is about. Why they didn't do it, but I, I think that, and we both agree on this. I know that that piece of music at the very end just seemed out of whack, and I really would have liked to have seen a whole new it, world. A, yeah, a, a, the Aladdin thing, and I know what they're trying to say, but I would have liked to have seen it end with maybe Tapestry of Dreams or Tapestry of Nations because it sounded like it was ending, and then all of a sudden, a whole new world, and I, I don't know. I, I think that you know something just didn't seem right, and I would have loved to have been able to go in there and move around the music and stuff and, and that. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
0: Like we can, we can, we could do this slightly differently and it, it would be a, it might be a little bit better. I think, I think overall, you know, I, I agree. There's, um, we, I think we could restructure the songs to be a little more story oriented. Either we could either orient them chronologically or geographically. Right. That might be one idea. Yeah. I expect them over the next 12 months. Cause I think it's going to run for a year. I expect some tweaks to the show. Maybe not huge changes but but a few well,
2: yeah a mutual friend jim hill made a very very wise statement i agree with jim this was a cleansing of the palette for yeah. illuminations you really don't want to put you would not want to put harmonious right after illuminations and and that's right yeah
0: this was the point that you made i thought it was fantastic we were walking out of epcot after Ep- epcot forever and i think you had said that if disney had gone reflections of earth to Harmonious. The, the you know the one day to the next comparisons would have been brutal from a lot of people, regardless of how good harmonious may or may exactly. not. Exactly. Right? There's an
2: emotional. There's an emotional bond between the guests and illuminations because we're talking the last right. twenty years, and everybody, yeah. you know, twenty years, a lot of things happens to everybody's lives over twenty years. So, <laughs> so you got that.
0: We're <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
2: harmonious, and I want to ask you this: Did you get a chance to? see the Epcot experience.
0: I did. I was going to ask you about that next. What, uh, what did you think of I it?
2: thought that Disney has always been sort of the, um, the, the gold standard for multimedia presentations. They're always yeah. reinventing the wheel. One of the reasons why I like American Adventure, the way they use everything there. But I thought that the Epcot experience was just another taste of how they do things and how yeah. they can get people excited. And there is, towards the end of the Epcot experience, I believe- we see a hint of harmonious.
0: I, I agree. We saw that. Uh, we saw that too with the, the lighting of other countries in World Showcase. What did you think of the projection technology there?
2: Just when you thought they couldn't do anything differently, they were able to mm-hmm. reinvent that again. And so, as they're going through each segment, you're watching the uh, the World Showcase model, or you're watching th- sort of the mo- the model of Epcot in the middle, and it's changing and it re- and it yeah. reflects what they're talking about. They're talking about the digital. Aspect of what they're they're bringing to the park and we saw that Um, The thing with Guardians of the Galaxies and and Rocket Raccoon that was pretty cool I think that the the Mary Poppins experience they're showing all these different areas areas and their transitions were so smooth And then at the end when they were showing those there is some type of a boat That has an a moving arm with lights and lasers and i'm thinking If they can do that in the World Showcase Lagoon, and have the right music, everyone's going to forget about Illuminations. I know they're going to forget about Epcot forever, but they're going to forget about Illuminations too because it sounds like it's going to be very much of a celebration. So I'm really looking forward to October 1, 2020. And I, I'll tell you, buddy, I'm going to be there.
0: Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be there uh, Be there too for it, not, uh, not the least of which is because it's going to come in the middle of Food and Wine. Did you uh, did you get a chance to walk around Epcot and try anything at Food we and Wine?
2: We did uh, Food and Wine. Uh, we, one of the things that we wanted to do over the years is to um, plan for Food and Wine. So we spent about a week or two going over everything at home before we went there. So we had a list of what we really do. We had a list of what we wanted to to try, and what we what All we right. wanted to eat and what we wanted to to drink. We also had. Thoughts from last year, oh, what's carried over into this year? And for the most part, that was that's very m- much of a needed thing to do. It's very much Len, like when we used to talk about um, getting back to the party, how we would say to folks, go to the city hall, get your not-so-scary Halloween party brochure the day before so you can plan. You're spending a lot of money for a few hours in the park, so you need to know where to go and, and, and do that kind of stuff. So So we did the same thing. And uh, okay. the first day we did a few areas. The second day we had, we walked around with a cast member, friend of ours, and we did more. And um, I believe on Saturday, so we did Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Epcot during the day. Wow! Um, yeah, and we noticed something very interesting. So on Friday, the first thing I had was I don't remember where this is. Active eats the beef stroganoff. I wanted
0: to try that. Okay, go ahead.
2: Well, there's still time. <laughs> so we had the beef stroganoff at around 11.30 in the morning, and it was very, very tender. It was as if it was being cooked. It had been cooked for 10 hours. Very tender. Fall didn't need a knife or anything. The next day, let me see, it was Saturday. We had it around 3.30 in the afternoon. Not quite as good because, obviously, they're trying to cook it faster, but the morning... Meat seems to be more tender than the afternoon meat, and could be because they start oh. real early and they're cooking it for a longer period of time. Yeah, I think
0: the longer you, you cook beef, the uh, the tougher it's going to get. That's a, over at the Cheese Studio, right? In I believe World it was West. the
2: Cheese Studio. Yeah, we found that to be really good. One of the one of the things that I think was a was a home run was the apple seed. Orchard, I believe it's where uh, O Canada is played.
0: Oh, I didn't uh, – I still have another chance yeah. to go over there. What, uh, what did you so, like about so
2: it? So you go in there, Len, and on one side, there is uh, – it's all about the beer. And on the other side, it's – well, it's all about the beer and the wine. And on the other <laughs> side, it's all about the cider. So, you, so depending upon which side you go on, you can try a wine flight or you can try a cider flight, and they have cheese plates. So – it's, it's nice. It's indoors. It's nice and cool. I recommend it. I recommend that's that's a must-see for uh, this year's Wine and Dine. You're, not,
0: you're not joking because the Appleseed Orchard, the menu has, what, 15, 15 or so drinks, and then the food is caramel apple popcorn or charcuterie plate.
2: Yeah, no, we, <laughs> we did the plate. We did the plate. We noticed that this year there seems to be it – it must be real popular, but there are a lot of flight offerings yeah, and uh, they're very small for some people. Yeah, a couple ounces.
0: Yeah. I think each each drink is a couple but, ounces. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a taste. Yeah, it's
2: worth it because then you can say, okay, when I go back, if I go back, this is the one I want to try more of. So, I thought that was right. I thought that was good.
0: What else? Uh, what else did you enjoy? Food and wine. Uh, uh, Michelle's vegan, right?
2: Michelle's vegan. Uh, well, she's pescatarian. I almost uh, every once in a while I say you're, you're Episcopalian, but she's pescatarian. Episcopalian, pescatarian. So, you know, she likes fish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, We're so Spicy hand roll is always a is always a treat. We always like spicy hand roll. Oh,
0: over Japan, that was great. I tried that. We love
2: that. We also like the, uh, the liquid nitrogen ice cream
0: and truffles. That was amazing, wasn't yeah. it? Where, where did you try it?
2: Is that in Active Eats or Earth Eats. I'm not sure.
0: Describe it to people. I'll, I'll look up the so location. What do you tell people about it?
2: It is a scoop of, I believe, almond ice cream, almond and chocolate ice cream. And they take the scoop and they put it in liquid nitrogen for about 20 seconds, maybe. And then they yeah. put it on a plate and it gives it a little like crust on the outside. Yeah.
0: It doesn't completely freeze it. It's not solid, solid, but all the way through. It's very
2: good. And they also offer this at the Star Wars dessert party. I know that.
0: They were. It was at my dessert party as well. Yeah,
2: so it's it's really a treat. And uh, last year, I had I met a friend of mine. who was a travel agent, her five kids, and I said, "Come on, Uncle Mike's going to take <laughs> you over there, and <laughs> for some ice cream." Yeah, some ice cream. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that's. So you've got things like spicy hand roll, and you've got things like the liquid nitrogen ice cream. Uh, those seem to be just uh, staples every year for food and wine.
0: Right? Did you make it over to Africa at all?
2: Yes. I tried the the something lager beer. It's some kind of lager beer, Tusca Lager or whatever. There were a lot of scallops, uh, scallops plates, yeah. And I think they all like hit a home run. They were all they're all done fairly fairly well. Did the um, chicken korma, I believe that was in India.
0: India. It I thought it was just okay. I like the uh, um, spicy Kenyan vegan githeri uh, slightly better.
2: Yeah, there was some stuff that was really spicy, and there was stuff that I expected to be spicy, and it, it wasn't. wasn't. But all in all, I mean, I think it's a good, uh, it's a good experience every year. I remember when you and I first started going there. I remember the uh, the offerings were like two dollars. Now they're four dollars. Yeah,
0: two ninety five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I missed the I Another missed the jo- I
2: missed the high rose. Remember we had the high rose one time that Greece Right. But I haven't seen them since. I haven't seen Greece since. So, um, I think it's. Uh, it's always good to to go around because one of the things that what we do and and I recommend this to everybody don't go for something that you can normally have anyway. go for something that maybe you've never tried before because you never know you you, you might like it so I think it's it's a great yeah. opportunity to try something and really explore your world and figure out what you know what else is out there besides pizza and whatever. Oh, one of the things I need to point out I don't remember where I want to say. Again, it was in this Active Eats, or, or, or I think it might have been Earth Eats, the, the okay. Impossible Burger Slider.
0: Earth Eats, yeah, Future World West. And
2: the Cottage, I think it was Cottage Pie.
0: The Cottage Pie, yeah. Oh, my God. The
2: two, the, it was great.
0: I, again, you know, you know how I feel about wet and dry food touching. So Cottage Pie for me is like, <laughs> it, it takes mental effort for me to get through it. I thought it was delicious. What did you think?
2: It was very good. I uh, was real curious to see how the uh, this plant-based meat substitute would work with something in the order of a recipe like, like cottage pie. So I was, re- right. I was really impressed. I know Michelle loved it too. So we actually, uh, go to, uh, I don't know if you have a Wegmans down near where you live, but, uh,
0: Wegmans we I know have, they're, they're grocery stores. You can stores. buy
2: impossible. You can buy impossible. Oh, you, that's right. Yeah. You said this, you, you bought them in the grocery and you cooked them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we had some for lunch today. We had a burger for lunch today. So it's, they come in 12 ounce packs. They're about eight ninety nine a piece.
0: It's not bad. It's about the about the right price for a for a burger. Yeah,
2: so it's very, yeah, fantastic. Very We're gonna have
0: to do a cooking show here soon. Mm-hmm. You and That's me. That's right. All right. Let me ask you this question. Uh, a short walk away from Epcot is Disney's Hollywood Studios. Did you guys make it over there? We
2: did make it to Disney's Hollywood Studios. As a matter of fact, um, we really did not plan to go to the park, but with the Skyliners looking at us, we said, <laughs> "Let's let's try the Skyliner." So we tried the Skyliner, and um, it was uh, very interesting. We, we were pleasantly surprised with the Skyliner, although I was a little concerned about every time it came in for a landing, it was really kind of close. But we went to uh, the studios on the Skyliner. Um, we had to stop off at the Caribbean, I think. So we went from the International Gateway yep. to the Caribbean to uh, to the studios.
0: Yeah, through uh, Riviera, right?
2: Exactly. So we went to the studios.
0: What's your take on, uh, on Galaxy's Edge? I,
2: I think I remember texting with you and I'm saying, whoa, what's going on with Galaxy's Edge? I expected a large crowd there and i would say it was in in your world it's probably was a two or a three maybe and i might be and i might be generous with that the uh millennium falcon attraction was a 30 minute walk on the immersion that takes place while you're in galaxy's edge it's, it's pretty cool i would have liked to have experienced that at night i'm guessing that it's even better at night but um you know, it was it was uh, not crowded, and I was trying to figure out why. I mean, we're talking food and wine. We're talking, I think we went over there on Friday, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, last week of Illuminations, first week of Epcot forever, food and wine. Yeah,
2: it wasn't, it wasn't crowded. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people buying, I think I commented to you, uh, a lot of people buying $200 lightsabers. Yep. So maybe because it's Halloween. Maybe they're going to Mickey's not so scary, and they wanted to have a so, – uh, Millennium Falcon ride was a little disappointing. I do remember talking to you about it. You were telling me I think you had ridden it out in California. Yep. So I said, "Boy, I hope I don't get to be the engineer because Len said that's not that's not going to be fun." <laughs> well, <sure laughs> and, out, I'm a yeah, left right. rear engineer pushing buttons. Don't know why, but and I found the ride to be, you know, I I would expect that. When did Star Wars open in '89? Star Starter was 89, I believe it was, or 90. That's a good question.
0: I don't know. I'll look it up while you I talk. believe it's right.
2: 89 or 90. Um, it may not have opened when the studios opened, which I believe was in 89. But I know that at least by 1990 it was open. And I found that- 87
0: in, uh, 87 in Disneyland.
2: Okay. So they brought that technology to Florida in 89. So we're talking- 13, Right. We're talking 30 years. And it seems like that yeah. was the same technology- that was being used in this Millennium Falcon attraction. Um,
0: <laughs> all right. Probably, probably not, but all right, I see your point.
2: It just felt like, I mean, I, I got the same same kind of experience. And, I, I i mean, I don't know what you could do to um, to change it, but uh, that was something that we should probably talk someday on what we really think would would like to see in Galaxy's Edge. But that was not the ride that I thought it was going to be. And one of the things, though, I did find as we were walking, I was that. The preteens loved it. Everybody else was, hmm. I heard one father say, I like Tower of Terror better. I like this better. I like Rock rock and Roller Coaster better. So it's not enjoying the popularity that I think many of the Imagineers would have liked it to enjoy. But we'll see. I think the lines are going to be telling over the next uh, year or so how how the weights are for that.
0: Well, we're less than two months out from the opening of Rise of the Resistance. I think that might... Help boost the lint a little bit. Did you uh, did you do any of the character in, encounters in Galaxy's Edge, or try any of the food?
2: No, did not try the food. We did look at the blue milk, but uh, <laughs> looked yeah, at it. <laughs> that, that was about it. I think we had something going on that that night anyway. So we had we, we were watching our.
0: Uh, we're gonna risk yeah, it. So, yeah, I understand. And you said you didn't make it over to Animal Kingdom this trip. No,
2: nope, did not make it over there. I, I, there's nothing over there that that draws me. And I don't know what it is. It's just that that park, uh, maybe if they ever fix the Yeti, maybe I'll go over there. If <laughs> they fix the Yeti. <laughs> and that's, that's. I mean, they've been talking about it for 10 years. I don't know what it is about that, that park, Len. I just don't, uh, you know, and I've been disappointed too with um, Rivers of Light, a few other things. And yeah, that,
0: so, was a, that was a one and done for me. Now I can, uh, yeah. every time they try and they roll out something new, I can just watch it on uh, YouTube to see if it's, Worth going. The, uh, the reason why I mentioned Animal Kingdom, though, is they're completely redoing the entrance to that. So getting in is a little bit of a maze now in order to get your, uh, your take on that. But uh, maybe on the, on the next trip.
2: I don't remember which race it was. Maybe it was uh, Wine and Dine. But do you remember? Uh, you might have done it one year with me. When you ran into Animal Kingdom, you ran underneath a tunnel of, of elephant tusks, orange elephant tusks. Do you remember that? I don't remember yeah. that.
0: But that uh, but usually by that time I'm I'm uh, delirious from <laughs> the distance and the humidity and stuff like that. So I don't remember a lot from that point well, on.
2: Well, you know, it makes sense that the Animal Kingdom would join Epcot and all the other parks and, and having the front of the the park, you know, moved around. Wow. Yeah.
0: I, I do say that the uh, I, I do think that the entrance changes that they're making in Walt Disney World have been pretty good overall. The studios look really good. Way easier to get in and out of uh, these days now. Magic Kingdom, I don't normally go through the TTC anymore, um, but it looks like they're getting a handle on that. Certainly, the uh, the entrance of the the park itself at the Magic Kingdom is fantastic. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with the Animal Kingdom. I think it could use some refreshing. So that'll be a good. And I'm also excited to see what they have over at. Uh, at yeah, Epcot. I think
2: the Epcot one We're, is the one I'm looking forward to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the most I think so. Where, uh, where did you stay this last trip?
2: I like to spread it around. <laughs> So over the years, I'm usually in one of the one of twelve resorts, and well,
0: <laughs> you keep it to only twelve, yeah, do you, just Mike? 12. <laughs> so um, oh, you specialize yeah. in other words. O- yeah. All o- right, over go. the last year, we've done uh,
2: <laughs> Bay Lake, we've done Animal Kingdom, Wilderness Lodge, uh, Beach Club, Yacht Club, Boardwalk.
0: It's good to be you, uh, Scopa.
2: All right, go ahead. And this past trip, we did Port Orleans French Quarter.
0: All right, so, so. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. The, I think I believe one of the highest rated moderates. What uh, What made you want to stay there?
2: It also. It always depends upon what type of a trip it's going to be. So we knew we were mm-hmm. going to do Mickey's Not So Scary. So we thought, let's do French Quarter. And th- what's also nice about French Quarter, especially around Christmas time, is that you can take a boat to Disney Springs, uh, which is which is really nice. Uh, so we picked French Quarter because uh, it's Relatively inexpensive, and there are very expensive room rates at this time of year because of food mm-hmm. and wine. So we went there because it's a it's a short bus ride to Mickey's Not So Scary, and um, yep. So so we stayed there. I'd say maybe once a year we'll stay there. Uh, we do like uh, Beach Club. Beach Club is a nice place to be for Christmas. It's usually Beach Club, Bay Lake Towers, or. Portland's French Quarter. In March, we're going to be staying at uh, Copper Creek. We're mm-hmm. trying that out to see see what that's. Oh, you going haven't seen there it? yet? Uh, no. We were at Wilderness Lodge in um, July, I think it was or August after the cruise. We like those little cabins they have.
0: They're very nice. They're expensive, but they're they? uh, they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're well. I mean, they're about two thirds the cost of a Polynesian bungalow. So let's put that in perspective. Wow. But they're beautiful on the inside. Really, really nice. Um, I actually like them better than the bungalows, even even excluding the price. I think the scenery uh, the scenery is a little bit better.
2: Can they sleep twelve?
0: Uh, I think you're. At, I think it's two bedrooms, so you would be two, four, six, eight, eight maybe eight. tops. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm still fantastic. Good. Uh, did you eat uh, any uh, good meals at uh, off uh, outside of the theme
2: parks while you were there? On the day we were taking off, we had uh, we spent some time in Disney Springs, and we went to Splitsville. You can't go wrong. In did you really? You can't go wrong in Splitsville. Pizzas, sandwiches, sushi. sushi, whatever. So I had my Tom Brady game shirt on. Of course you did. And so the guy who was bringing us to our table had a football in his hand. So at the last minute, he, what? Yeah. So at the last minute, you know, he takes us to the table. And he turns around. And he tosses the football to me, and I catch it. And he said, "Does it feel familiar?" And it was deflated. <laughs> so and it, was, it was still fun uh, but you know he, he changed the, the the screens where we sat down so we could watch the game. So so we ate out. At, yeah, so that we ate it? at Splitsville. We ate at. Uh, it's been a while, Land, but we ate at Tutu Italia. Mm.
0: Did you really? I tried to get in there the other night and couldn't do it.
2: Yeah, it was um it was very good. I'm 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 tough on Italian. Really, I'm tough.
0: So let me let me pause pause for a second to give the our listeners some context. Okay. In my hierarchy of incredible pizzas I've ever eaten, right, my my grandmother's traditional Italian pizza, number one. My younger sister Christina's pizza, number two. You're in the top three oh. in all the pizzas I've ever eaten. Oh, I, I'm right? on it. Uh, I I trust your opinion on Italian. So food.
2: it's all about the sauce. You know that. Remember when we went there. Yeah, it, we yeah. ate one time with I don't know who was there, Brian. We went there and I forget what I tried, but I'm very careful. I'm very careful in there, and it was it was okay. Do
0: you go red sauce or white uh, sauce?
2: I will be very careful about ordering any red sauce in an Italian restaurant. I'll go with Alfredo. Yeah. I don't think you can ruin Alfredo. Sauce Screwed up as there. much because because <laughs> yeah. there's a All wide right. there's a there's an extremely big palate for red sauce.
0: Yeah, red sauce can encompass so many Garlic, things. Garlic, yeah.
2: sugar, salt—you name it. Uh,
0: Peppers, yeah, onions, so, yeah. I mean, people do, people do yeah, things. Yeah, so
2: I, I try to avoid that, and uh, so I, I forget what I had, but it was uh, it was it was good. So we ate there. I, I do like the um, I forget the name of it. There's a franchise re- uh, seafood restaurant down in Florida that I really like, Bonefish Grill.
0: Where did you where did you find that? I mean, they're off site. the The one that I know of is at uh, Mala the,
2: the, There's one. Uh, there's one near what they call the Loop, and uh, we like oh. we like it there. Uh, but we didn't go. We didn't go. Um, so we're very very careful because we knew we'd be doing food and wine, so we didn't make any yeah any reservations. Although on Saturday Sunday Saturday, we no Sunday we we thought we'd have something before we flew home. So so we were in downtown Disney. We're trying to figure it out. You know I. Not downtown Disney, Disney Springs. So, you know, we're thinking <laughs> we're thinking um, we we did try Taleo, a jaleo Haleo.
0: Haleo. See?
2: We tried that last time. It was okay. I need to give it another chance. It was Spanish food is if it was Portuguese food, it probably would have tasted somewhat different than Spanish food. So I get it. got to give it some some chance. So it was either that or Homecoming or Splitsville or. We thought about the Edison because of the Impossible Burger, and right. uh, I forget that Asian restaurant. Morimoto. Morimoto, which gives you all types of options. So, so we decided yeah. to just do um, Splitsville. We again, you can't go wrong with Splitsville.
0: Right, the menu is so big. Next time you uh, go, if we're, uh, when we're there together, let's go to Haleo. I can uh, walk you through some of the menu. I think it's, I think some of it you'd really, really like. And the flavors will be super familiar too. I also heard this from. Um, one of our, somebody from my team, uh, Steve, who mentioned that uh, STK has a really good and inexpensive lunch burger. Really? So if you're in, into uh, actual you know, beef burgers, uh, STK's lunchtime burger, I think it's like $11. It's supposed to be pretty fantastic. I'll
2: have to have a partner who likes meat.
0: Yeah, maybe you and I will go. <laughs>
2: we'll send Michelle to the parks. Speaking of that, uh, we'll wrap this up. When's your next trip, Mike? So the next trip is probably going to be March in the spring have been down there in the spring in a while so uh going to be doing that there's a lot of stuff that has to going to be going through a lot of a lot of changes and and things like that so I think uh we're going to just take it easy. Uh we did go last year around Christmas time and it was great. You mm. never know. We could pop down there around Christmas time but um
0: like I said there's, a, there's always a spare bedroom at the Testa Stewart household for you. Uh,
2: I appreciate that. But I uh yeah, I think March might be the latest we're going to and again, we did the uh we did, uh, did a little plug for DVC Rental. We did DVC Rentals uh, for Copper Creek, and uh, what after we made the arrangements, just for the heck of it, I checked it out, and the price of the I think it was a studio, I think it was, mm-hmm. but the but the cost of the DVC rental was half of what it would pay what it would be if we paid cash.
0: I think I mean DVC renting DVC points, especially if you've never done it before, is a great way to get a little bit more space and a little bit nicer accommodations for about the same money. Yeah. But in your case, yeah, it's, it's half, half the price of, of cash. Yeah. I, I think there, are, there are times when it works out uh, a little bit better than other times, but in general, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of renting points. If you're not a DVC owner, I think it's a, a great way to stay at a nice And, and
2: place. we are DVC owners, but we, we thought, well, let's, let's give this a try. So yeah, you want to save,
0: yeah, you want to save
2: not? points for something else. And so, you know, Vero beach or whatever.
0: Literally, I haven't been to Vero beach is the only Disney resort in the United States that I haven't it's, been. To. It's and it's it's really good. Place. It's like an hour from my house. I didn't really need to go. <laughs> it, it's
2: one of those places where you go for relaxation. So you know, if you want to get away yeah. from the beaten path, that's that's where you go. You gotta you gotta go there, and they have some very good restaurants in, in that resort too. So and there's a good place to run if you if you want to run across the street, run along the sand. It's it's pretty cool. But this trip was. Uh, I mean, there were some very interesting things. I think that I'm a little concerned about the number of construction walls that I saw.
0: Yeah. Never, I really
2: yeah. have – well, everywhere. Um, and I really I really feel for those people who aren't as fortunate as us and can go every so often. And they save and save and save because it's really expensive. And they go down and they're faced with green and black walls all over the place. So
0: Yeah, F- Future World in particular and, uh, and the stuff over in, uh, in Animal Kingdom is not – the sort of thing that's going to end up in anyone's photo album, but it's—I think it's all for the for the better, right? In two years, this will this will look a whole lot different, and they had to have made some changes in, in Epcot.
2: Well, right? yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing trees and grass and fountains and stuff. Oh, it's
0: gonna be nice, it's,
2: yeah, water. It'll it'll leave a fantastic. legacy stuff is, and and I was on one of those things, so goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your face was on one of the uh, one of the pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see if we can find it for you. We can uh, I'll mail oh, it to thanks. you. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Mike, uh, how can people uh, find you and get in touch?
2: They can write to me at, uh, MikeScope at Mickey miles podcast.com. I don't know if, um, I'll be able to get to everybody, but I'll try. Um, uh, you can always, um, you know, send me something on uh, Twitter, I guess. MikeScope.
0: Yeah. yeah very Twitter. simple.
2: MikeScope. I know it's not very sexy, but, and you know, I might be hanging around. You might see me pop up on, on, uh, Couple places here and there. Uh, I think I will be waiting uh, probably another year and maybe one month before I'm back on Facebook. But we'll see.
0: You're in one month. A very very specific yeah, schedule well, there, Mike.
2: If you read into that, you can figure out why. But anyways,
0: I I understand. All right, <laughs> all right, but well, Thanks very much for uh, being on the show. Good talking to you as always. Like I said, the invitation to come stay at the house always open to you. Just uh, let me Thank know. Thank you,
2: when. sir. And the next time I do plan on going down, we'll uh, we'll get together and maybe we'll go to STK.
0: Let's do it for a uh, for a lunchtime burgers. It'll be good. Great, thank you, Len. All right, thanks, Mike. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Disney Dish show today. Thanks to our special guest, Mike Scopa. Please head on over to disneedishd.bandcamp.com. We all find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. On next week's show, we'll have listener questions, and I'm headed back into the parks to see what's new. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who's giving tours of the old Cotton Gin this weekend at the 21st annual Dunn Cotton Festival in Dunn, North Carolina. While Aaron brushes up on the biography of Eli Whitney, please go on to iTunes and rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.